The Clueless Joe podcast is recorded at DBAT Nashville and brought to you by Rawlings, the nation's leading baseball and softball training academy franchise and the world's top baseball and softball brand have teamed up to create an exciting new partnership. DBAT, powered by Rawlings, the official ball, glove, and helmet of Major League Baseball. To learn more, go to Rawlings.com or visit your local DBAT. Say hey, baseball fans. Welcome to the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings, episode 21. Coming to you from D-Bat Nashville, the premier baseball and softball batting cage and training academy in Middle Tennessee, developing beliefs, attitudes, and traditions, Music City style. You can follow us on social media across all platforms at D-Bat Nashville. I'm your host, John Christ. I'm here with my co-host, Former Memphis Tiger, Zach Schreitenthal. Let's go Yankees, huh? Former Good Georgetown start. Tiger, Ryan Gaynor. Angels are hot. And former Mesa Solar Sox, yes. Sam Bragg. Yes. What? The go Solar Sox? Wait, what? That was Those a loaded socks. Arizona oh, Fall League roster. Team, yeah, yeah. That was it. That, that team had Jordan Alvarez. It had Kyle Tucker. There were some dudes on that team. I think the first year I went was way more stacked too. Yeah, we lost. We lost in the championship with Jordan and all them. Mm, Solar yeah. socks. I took a peek yeah. at that roster. It's pretty nasty. It's yeah, we lost Austin Riley. Nice. Coming up later in the show, we're going to be joined by Hunter Bledsoe of the Bledsoe Agency. But we're going to begin with opening week in Major League Baseball. Each team has played five to six games at this point. In the American League, the Rays are the only undefeated team left at 5-0. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. The Twins have also gotten off to a hot start, 4-1. Zach's beloved Royals, 1-4 behind everybody else. Over the National League, the Braves and Brewers are both the top oh, you forgot, standings. You forgot the Yankees. They're 3-2. and two. Okay. 3-2. and two. <laughs> Make sure we cover all Braves the Braves and Brewers are both 4-1 atop the standings. I picked both to win their respective divisions. Yeah, Side Sam note, knew he was gonna not a surprise the Nationals are 1-4 and four and look utterly hopeless, but the defending NL champions, the Phillies, are also 1-4 and four and look kind of listless. Matt Chapman, Brian Anderson, Dansby Swanson, and Nolan Gorman are all still hitting 500 or better at the plate. Kyle Gibson, Julio Arias, and Trevor May are all already 2-0 and oh on the mound. So let's start there. What have we seen so far in MLB? Uh, I'm, I'm going to start this one off. Uh, Joey Gallo rakes. The Twins are nasty. <laughs> Told the you. Twins look good. That was my wild card. I know yeah. that. I know that uh, twins look much better. I know that Belly went three for five last night with a couple ribs. Yeah, he did. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, he did. Kids back. Any non-self-serving observations you'd like to make? <sighs> I mean, the Braves are clearly the Dude. best team in baseball. Braves they're look so, so good. good. Braves are really good. Really they do good. not have a weakness. No, no they don't. And they'll get Kyle right back. Yeah. And then at some point, they'll have Vaughn Grissom. Yeah, they'll call up Grissom as well Yeah, to solidify the middle I mean, of the field. That's a squad. They it look is. Really that's good. It's a really good team. They look they're, really good. They're the early I, World Series I hate, favorites. I hate that I still think the Padres are going to win it, though. Do you really? Yeah. Dude, they, they started off so bad. bad. Even, even, even with us winning the World Series two years ago, I still like get like last year playing the Phillies. I was like, oh, man, the Phillies. <laughs> like, we might, yeah. we might not yeah. get this. Yeah. You know, like it's just the first. If we, I think if we get to the NLCS, then it might be all right. But it's, right. 
it's that NLDS hump that they always really struggle with. The Dodgers and Padres really killed my bank account. Um, opening week. It's not fun. Responsibly. This segment is not sponsored by FanDuel. Responsibly for anyone asking. Be really cool if it was. That. Is it time to worry that about the Phillies sick. just yet? They no, do no. not look good. No. For some reason, I'm more worried about the Dodgers than the Phillies. Phillies have no why. Bryce Harper for a while. They have no Reese Hoskins for the season. And Kyle Schwarber is not hitting in the middle I mean, of the line by just himself. Need, they just need Nola and Wheeler to pitch like they can. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll keep them in ball games. But one it of the reasons they made that week. run was that lineup was really deep. And it is not very deep right now. No. It's not. No, it's not. Your guys expected to hit sixth and seventh are now hitting fourth and fifth. Right. Trey Turner. Bomb is really. Trey Turner is Trey is, Turner. You don't need to worry really about well, him. Though. Yeah. I mean, Marsh isn't I, doing too bad at the plate either, right? I just don't – I mean, he's good. I think he's just like two or three years away from being anything somewhat productive. He's off to a good start. Who was this, sorry? Brandon Marsh. Dude. I mean – Former Angel. Yeah. (laughs) Not the best defender last night. No. He was even good on the Angels, though. He really was. He's just like a young talent. Yeah, he he was hitting like, what, like 270, Yeah, around there. It was like upper twos. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't too bad. But I think his power numbers really increased when he went to the Phillies. Yeah. Which – Helps. Back to the Rays, by the way, the only undefeated team in baseball. 5-0, and 37 runs scored, only 11 allowed. They're already plus 26 on the differential. Yeah. 11 runs in five games. They got dudes who are who just is it, Who did they play? Who is this against? They're playing the Nationals the... and... Oh, who did they play? Yeah, who did they open series? up against? The... Well, the Twins started against the Royals. That's how it got them hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they played the Tigers, so they yeah. really haven't played the anybody. Bad. So the Twins and the Rays Tigers are bad. They have a weak lineup. Dude, the, the Royals what? are tragic. The Royals just ran into a buzzsaw, like I said. The Twins were are <laughs> oh so good. Like <laughs> you just can't you can't do anything with that. The Twins oh. won like seventy six games last year, and they're they've lost one game. They're being this year. The, the, yeah, they have. They're play, the Marlins are are good too. Honestly, they ran into Al, Alicantra or. Alcantara. Alicantara. Uh, Alicantara. 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 Dude, he's Alicantara. so good. Alicantara. Yeah. He threw a shutout this week he in an hour so, and 57 minutes. He is so good. What? Fantastic. Yeah, it's hour crazy. Hour 57, that shutout he threw. Yeah. Well, Second time well, out. Uh, no, I know a team he hasn't beaten. That's the Midland Rockhounds. So. There you go. <laughs> you can hang your hat on that. It all goes that. back to Midland. Yep, it always does. It always mm-hmm. will. Well, I thought it was a pretty entertaining first week. I mean, I'm trying not to read too far into these teams you know but go ahead and give us an update on the best player in baseball who happens to wear your uniform his first week mr otani (sighs) pretty good yeah i mean he's good um he's already hit two bombs his first time in the rotation he was uh six shutout innings with 10 punch outs i believe that is correct yeah Mm -hmm. got the no decision though i'm excited i'm excited to see his 10 years 500 million dollar contract next year with somebody else yeah Yeah. oh yeah Yeah. he's not gonna be an angel I'm going to be really happy for him. Um, no, the first game that he threw when he did go six, Shuddy, um, and then Aaron Loop comes in and gives up Goes all Aaron two Loop. runs. Yeah. Um, and then they panned over to him in the dugout. Mm. And just the, mm. lo- the log look of just, <laughs> I hate it here, mm-hmm. was really, really dejecting. That was, um, I missed the World Baseball Classic. That yeah. was his heel turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, honestly... I, I'm, he's done. I mean, he's done as an angel, and Otani. Yeah, I just I, I don't see 
I, I don't, don't either. I really don't see how he stays on. I mean, you can't you can't throw six shutty. I don't even think he stays. Honestly, if they win the World Series, I don't think I don't think he does I don't either. Think he stays He's no frustrated, what. which is understandable. They are I know three we, and two, by the way. I, I know we well, we yeah, talked about it a lot. Is he going to stay the whole year? It, we well, I still think that it sort of depends. I mean, if they're one of the be- best teams in baseball, I think that there's a chance that he stays. Right, but I don't know, man. I would be. I think anybody would be frustrated. I think he would look good in a Braves uniform. Shut up, dude. <laughs> no Shut up. But, yeah, they turned it around after that first loss. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a segment on here that Sam and I left that you guys haven't heard, and we can listen to it, maybe if you want to plug it in. It's pretty maybe. funny. Um, <laughs> I thought that the Angels season was over after Ooh. that first game. After opening night. It, it was, was so, so an, it was wow. so angel esque. Yeah, that I just it was a microcosm. And then can't lose to Oakland opening day. No, you can't face you can't. And Oakland, <laughs> Oakland's yeah. opening day starters. Who was it? Like Moller? Kyle Moller. Yeah, it's like done like eight innings in front of about fifty five hundred people. Yeah. It was. I mean, Trout was making hard contact and getting out. It was just a disaster. And then they turned it around. The offense showed up. They're still bouncing around a lot of players in the mm-hmm. lineup. You Jared know, Rendon, Walsh is still out. Jared Walsh is still out. Rendon got a five-game suspension. Four. Yeah. Missing a punch. That's Stupid. Should have connected. So stupid. Yeah. Dude. Renfro's you, off to a slow start. Renfro's off to a slow start. They have Yeesh. Drury yeah. playing second and Jake Lamb at first. It's just Jake they're Lamb trying, stinks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Jake Lamb they're, stinks. They're trying to figure it out. But three and two, first week, not bad. That's, that's not bad. How not about bad. our World Series champion, Astros? Off to a two and four start. They don't look super not, sharp. Dude, White Sox not, are swinging it right now. Not worried. White Sox about played it pretty tough. A single thing. No, 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 I'm not worried about the Astros, but the White Sox, I will say, it's a different lineup. Not having Jose Altuve at the top. Right. Uh, Bregman hasn't hit a thing so far. I think Jeremy Pena is miscast as a leadoff guy. Um, I mean, they're the Astros. They're going to be fine. Is Abreu swinging it well? Um, he's, he hit it okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that opening four-game series against the White Sox, I mean, he got his hits. He yeah. always gets his hits. He's an RBI Kyle machine. Tucker. Kyle Tucker's kind of going stupid, right? He's going to win the MVP. Whoever you think called so? that. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he is good. He's pretty what good. What are the White Sox off to? Uh, they are two, two and three. three. Uh, they split two. Uh, sorry, they split four in Houston, then came home for the opener against the Giants and did not do well. Let's just leave it at that. Michael Kopech just got taken deep oh, again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So many souvenirs. You need, yeah. to get, you need to take him well, off the starting Dylan rotation. Dylan Cease is on the bump on Wednesday, so I feel better about that. I know, I know we don't want to be too selective, but the White Sox are up 2 nothing in the first right now. This is not a live show. I, I, you know, know, right? I know. I know. Okay. I just I also, let's talk, about, let's talk about the Mets. Dude, they look terrible. They look, Scherzer, their pitching man. is not oh, yeah. great. Scherzer's not been what sharp. What was his line? What was five, Scherzer's five and a third, five earned, three bombs in a row, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. Two punchies. No Verlander yet. Yeah, no Verlander. Carrasco yeah. looks terrible. What was their Carrasco? Loss, they their, got losses, their losses are like twelve to nothing every yeah. time. Yeah. Their wins are like two to one and then their losses are by three. Right. Yeah, it's not very good. Was it Carrasco that got called for the first pitch strike? Right. I think uh, so. The pitch clock violation. Against the Brewers. I know they had a Verlander, but he's not in the rotation yet. They don't have Taiwan Walker anymore. They don't have Chris Bassett anymore. So maybe the rotation is it's older and not as deep. Yeah. David I don't Peterson know. looked terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about Scherzer. I mean, he's going to figure it out. He's Max Scherzer, but that yeah. was a tough. That was a tough look. That was a tough look for sure. 
over in the uh, junior circuit. I'm sorry, senior circuit. The Brewers look pretty sharp already. Yeah, the Brewers are good. really. I'm starting to good. think oh, that Brandon Woodruff might win the Cy Young. The Brewers have surrendered ten runs in five games. We were talking about. We that know y- they can pitch. We were talking yeah. about that yesterday. I think that Central is just going to be. They're just going to beat up on each other. Every, everyone's going to. I think yeah. it's going to be very close. The I mean, division winner probably wins 87 yeah, games. Yeah, like, I think But I like what I see from Milwaukee. I really do. Yeah, I still think the Cardinals will be looking I don't, I don't, don't know. I'm going I don't know if they have the arms. I got, the I arms, got Woodruff yeah. getting this. Uh, yeah. He's nasty. He is. Yeah. He's good. He's good. He definitely he's is good. good. And he was be, he's been better than Burns. Yeah. At least recently. Corb. I think the pitching staff for the Cardinals might lose it for him. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Not a. Yeah. Not a big I, fan I, of the rotation. No, nasty. Steven Matz, not great. Um, Michael. What's his name? Michaelis is getting rocked as we speak. Mm-hmm. And then Flaherty looked bad. Yeah, he didn't look good. He didn't look good. I, I mean, I know that he's, he's still a little hurt. I, I know say, he's has still he ever been healthy. No, but just still. that one year in 2019 where he didn't lose. I still the, follow the Redbirds, uh, the Memphis Redbirds Instagram account. And it's like, oh, Jack Flaherty's back up again, doing his rehab. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bouncing yeah. back and forth. Like, how many Jack Flaherty nights have the Redbirds have? Probably it's, cra- it's crazy. Did I see that O'Neal got benched for <laughs> yeah, like not running hard yeah. or something yeah. like that? He I got hosed at morning. home, and uh, the, the effort from second base was in question. Yes. Coach was not happy about it either. A little too much trotting, not enough running. Is it too early to voice your opinion on that? I don't think so. What's your opinion? Yeah. What no, you, I'm, saying, oh. I'm saying for the coach to... Call him to, out in the media. To, yeah, to yeah. make a public it's, statement. It's, it's I, don't don't think there's ever, I don't think there's ever a yeah. time where you can't do it. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's I an aggressive you, like, you move, can, but you know, the first week of April. Right. If that's he's, he's also running down the line like that and gets thrown out, you think he voices I, his I don't opinion? Think, no. I don't think O'Neal has proven but anything to that's be, why to be you, doing that's why that. You're, you know? That's why you're able to right. voice your opinion. Right. You're not going to say anything at Goldschmidt. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You think they got mad at Yachty for not running? Well, Yachty was running. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Baltimore Orioles. I know that's one of your sneaky picks this year. No. Off to a three and two start. I'm not. I'm not. After three and two is impressive for watch, watching them. I'm not a. I'm not a believer anymore. Yeah. No. I mean, they played the Red Sox, which now leaving five for five with Adley Rushman on opening day. That was awesome. That guy's good. He is good. Man, he he's works. Good. He works out naked in the snow. So hey, that's why he's built different. Got Whatever that, works. Got that dog in. Whatever works. Got yeah, that dog I think in. he's got. I think he's just superstar right away. Tremendous. Well, they're player. starting the uh, what's the name? The number one pitching prospect tonight. Grayson oh, are Rodriguez. They? Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. We'll see how that goes. Debut. I know. Nice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Who? Any other observations? We haven't even talked about pitch clock yet. The average game is down a half an hour. Yeah, it is. That's right. Hey, I, I watched a lot of White Sox Astros are that we? four game series. I watched a lot, and there was no violations, hitter or pitcher. At all for a four-game series, which was great, and I just thought every game really moved along. I really believe so. I love it. Unless you're pitching like Alcantara, are we going to see pitchers go more than six innings? Starting pitchers go Probably more than not. six innings. There's no way these pitchers are getting pulled after. They might 70, get tuckered out a little faster. Yeah, I, I want to see Otani go more than six. That's, that's typically opening opening week, yeah, though, right? But a lot of it, no, they run them out there. Yeah, why yeah, would it like be some any pitch, different? Some pitchers have thrown hundred pitches. Like I need these Angel starters to go more than six innings. I just need it. I need it. But what I have noticed is that 
I know there's only a 15 or 20 second pitch clock, but it's not like these guys are waiting until three, two, one and going. I mean, these guys are throwing with eight or nine seconds on there routinely. So it's not like they're milking it. Yeah, but they're also working working against the clock, which puts pressure on their throws and makes them work faster. I don't think they're paying attention to the clock, but they know that it's running. The Machado Machado. ejection, that was tough. That was tough. I was standing. I would have gotten ejected, too. Yeah, I probably would (laughs) have. I mean, he called time at the perfect time. Yeah, that was was tough to watch. um, What was it? The Trey Turner steal that they called back because... I guess he saw the time running down, and the catcher called time as he was stealing, stealing second. Yeah, mm-hmm. and these timeouts are now being used like strategically. It's it's, it's yeah. just it's not baseball. It's not baseball. No. What, what about was, the chefs? No chefs. They're I'm, very I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. I was always it's on board. Like it's thing. a shift. Come it's on. it's. I think I it was, they I think are it was they are a, centi- a centimeter. Yeah, he's hitting the ball into the stands now. Yeah, that's, that's why true. he's fine. I think it was Jeff McNeil that said the shifting of the players isn't what I'm worried about. It's the fact that they can't back up onto the grass, which right. is making it tough yeah. on the defense. They're still playing a shift. Yeah. Kyle These guys are standing. actually had a clean yeah. ground ball single to right field last night in Yankee Stadium, and that would have miraculously never. there wasn't a short field. Right, there. right. Yeah. That's not a hit the last couple of years. That just would have never been the case. The, the second baseman or the shortstop is still, he's like a centimeter to the right dude, of the bag. It's ridiculous. And then they just take two steps on a rocket up the middle and it's caught. Like I was expecting right. to see pitches like hits up the middle all day long. There's still no hits up the middle. Not so, many. No. So I'm assuming that we, they can't, uh, like the pitch has to be thrown in across the plate for them to move. I think so. They can't. Once the pitcher starts or they releases, can't start, they can't, they jump can't over. start right. you know, running when the guy goes into his windup. No. Yeah. But I really don't think I've seen too much of a difference in what I've watched as far as the shift goes. No. Well, just the fact that you have to play regulation depth and you can't stack necessarily three guys on one side. Right. It's a little more fair. Yeah. I know that, again, it's early, but batting average on balls in play is up like 20 points across the league. And I right. find that's a good thing. Yeah. Batting average yeah, on balls I, I in play Otani, last year was like 210 or something, yeah, which is ludicrous. I would say Otani has got a couple hits that probably wouldn't have been mm-hmm. last year. I will say, though, there are some some short stops and some infielders making some really good plays. Oh, yes. yes. Showing off some range. Like, Your boy Bobby Witt made one last night. It's a, the over-the-shoulder catch he made in short left field. Just wait till How he puts he? the ball in play. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's not fans, hitting well. The Royals fans are going to go insane once he makes contact. MJ Melendez got off the schnei, though. That's a good sign. Yeah, he did. I needed that for the fantasy. Yeah, of course. Needed that for the but, fantasy. Uh, but I think you're right. I think that, yeah, shortstops and second baseman in particular, they're, I think we're going to see some magical defensive plays. Yeah. yeah. Which, which Just because they which have I'm more for. ground to cover, which yeah. I think is good. Mm. Any more wizardry we've seen? I, just, I do remember the wit catch from last night. It was a good one. I don't know. Luis Robert been? Robin eight home runs yes. already. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, he is. He, he's played really good center I field right yeah. now. I will say I get worried when he runs toward, towards that wall. <laughs> I know. I know. He, he's had a brittle pass. <laughs> oh, he's going to play 85 games. When he <laughs> runs towards that wall. But the guy never speed. makes a diving. He never makes a diving catch because he's so gazelle-like fast. He just gets to everything. Yeah, he catches yeah. balls that are hit right to the right and left fielder. He's He's fantastic. fast. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's just going to break 80 bones when he runs into the wall hey, one of these Eloy Jimenez pulled a hamstring getting up off the bench uh, to grab his helmet <laughs> he's not even playing defense anymore I mean it's that's crazy so, that's he's so, so frustrating that's so cool I mean <laughs> that's so cool that I know just de- like I know 
that was my dream. It is just to be it, such a bad defender, but you just smash the baseball. It is like, the dream. David Ortiz, he pioneered it. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he that's did. it. No, Edgar Martinez was the power pioneer. Yeah, I but, think he was the true original. Don't even own a glove anymore. Yeah, or but I'm, Harold, I'm thinking. But I'm thinking like my dream was to be like big and fat, make a lot of money, hit bombs, and not have to play defense. Yeah, go well, destroy phones in the could, dugout yeah. and just. And that was David Ortiz. Just yeah. a, you've got most of those. Covered. Just a not all of them. tub of lard out there, <laughs> just hitting three thirty. Speak, speaking of that, is is Mickey? Is this his last year? He's hitting it's the last year of his contract. He's hitting one forty three. I mean, that's just like. Yeah, he's, well, he's just he's a, a mascot dude, at this he point. Is. I mean, I like me. He'll still find a way to bat 250, though. He needs yeah. to be done. It'll be a very light 250. How's our that favorite player, uh, Javi Baez, doing? Did he get off to a good start? Oh, let's see. Didn't see. Didn't see. One of my. Probably. I mean, the Tigers are the Tigers. Maybe all the, my all the least guys favorite that player John in and baseball. Zach say suck are just absolutely yeah. mutilating I, the baseball. Donaldson's hitting the ball decently well. Javi Baez is currently a 2 for 20. <laughs> Donaldson's playing a good. Uh, is playing pretty well. I'm just so happy that comes for out Gallo. to an even 100 bat, bat average. McLean dollar bill, and mm-hmm. this is exactly why the Twins gave Gallo that money. They knew. Let's say I'm sure I, I bashed Gallo, but I will say last episode. So, last yeah, episode, did. I said the Twins, the twins will, be will be will be sne- will you make said the nothing wild card. about Gallo. But somebody did. Somebody was like, oh, what are they going to do it with Gallo? And I was probably like, me. Yeah, not a fan. And so They're I just want to say Gallo. Twins are looking good for that wild card. And and the division. And the division, yeah. Cubs? Royal, Royal, new, Royal. new additions to the Cubs? Yeah, doing pretty well. They're, I mean, their line, lineup, lineup's good. I, it's good. Again, like I said, I, that central is going to be, they're all going to be right there. Dansby Swanson's already hitting. And uh, Nico Horner's a good little player. Bellinger's and, um, coming alive. He's coming along. In the four I, hole he's spot. not going to be an MVP candidate again, but we'll does look better. We'll see. <laughs> They got to put this bullpen. Then you throw in a Patrick Wisdom, and it's like, ugh. Kid's got juice, though. He does. Why is he not in Japan? He just because yeah. he, he has he, a starting spot. On I got home runs last year. Uh, Stroman had a really good start. too. Stroman looked really good. Mm-hmm. High doesn't measure heart. That's right. <laughs> Still wish he would have pitched for the U.S. team. Dude's a loser. Traitor. Yeah. He's a loser. What an absolute traitor. The, uh, Pirates, O'Neill Cruz is still hitting uh, balls 130. Dude, hitting missiles. Stanton's, no Stanton's home run was maybe the farthest ball I've ever seen hit. Yep. Austin Riley. Yep. Austin Riley's off to a really good we, start. That's another I thing we Stanton's was a little bit, couple feet farther. There has already been a handful of like 470 foot blasts. <laughs> a bunch. Excuse I mean, me guys, yeah. Stanton's in particular. That one at Yankee Stadium. Good gravy. They, uh, you gonna make it over there? Yep. They, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I guess they finally decided to distribute the uh, the Yankees baseballs around the league this year. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the juice balls. Everyone's yeah. hitting those tightly wound baseballs. Huh? Yeah, yeah. How's Judge doing to start off the year? Two bombs. Okay, okay. let's hear. Okay, <laughs> what else is <laughs> two RBIs? Two, 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 two RBIs. He's got, a, he, he's got a hit today. Hey, guess who also has two bombs? Shohei Otani. Guess who has three? <laughs> guess who has Gallo? <laughs> guess who has the most? Brian Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. Who had that in the office pool? Uh, Trace Thompson and Joey Gallo Dude, might Trace, be the home run. Trace, <laughs> Trace Thompson with the hat Thompson. trick. How about what that? Those will be the only three that he <laughs> has. Carrying that momentum I, from Team 30 with three home Dude, runs and 30 RBIs. I see RBIs. his name on a headline, and it like, pisses me off. I don't know why. 
he hasn't done anything to me, but it's just like Clay Thompson's like, your brother. Why, hey, why is he in the big leagues? <laughs> He's the pride of the Great Britain team in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. yeah um, Aaron Judge is hitting 350, two bombs, four ribbies. Yeah, five games and relax. Not too shabby. <laughs> Not too shabby. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a conversation with baseball agent Hunter Bledsoe. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Tanner Tees, the best batting tees for your baseball or softball player. Made with premium, durable materials and assembled in Sarasota, Florida. Invented by Joe Tanner in 1988 and perfected over 30 years, every Tanner tee represents the very best in the business. Here at DBAT Nashville, we feature the heavy model in all of our cages and also sell them in our pro shop. It's a tough, professional quality weighted batting tee with a flexible, hand-rolled rubber cone that's perfect for baseball, fast pitch, and slow pitch. This heavy-duty batting tee is designed with a 10-pound, claw-style base for extra stability on any hitting surface. Sturdy enough to stay upright through the occasional mishit. To learn more, go to TannerTees.com or visit your local DBAT. Please welcome Hunter Bledsoe. He started his collegiate career as a walk-on at Duke before ultimately coming to Vanderbilt. In two years with the Commodores, he hit an astonishing 425 16 homers, 100 knocked in, 41 steals. He was the SEC Player of the Year in 1999. He was part of the Dodgers, Royals, and Yankees organizations, hitting an even 300 in 432 career minor league games, reaching as high as AA. After his playing career, he and his brother Dustin founded the Bledsoe Agency and currently represent major leaguers like Brandon Lau of the Rays, Vinny Pasquantino of the Royals, on my fantasy team, by the way, <laughs> and former number one overall pick, Casey Mize of the Tigers. On a personal note, Hunter and I have both coached for years at McKay Park Little League, and he has two sons, Kai and Jax, not only great-looking young ball players, but they're also loyal D-bag customers. Hunter, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, John. Of course. Um, we know what Vanderbilt has become. Two national championships under Coach Corbin, arguably the premier program in the country, but what was the experience like in the late 90s back when you were playing? Not quite what it is today. A lot different. Um, we had hills in the outfield. We had bleacher seats. And when I first arrived, we didn't even have an indoor cage. So the program has come a long way in the last 25 years. But it was a wonderful place to be even then. Um, Tim has just done a great job of elevating the program. And 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 also the the – the guy I played for, Roy Muburn, was instrumental in starting and building what it has become with the new stadium leading into Corbin and the transition. So right. There was at least some sort of foundation. There was. Mm-hmm. And and it's always been, <clears throat> I think, a place where you can be successful in baseball. Um, you know, it's a high academic university in a great city, in a great conference, and Tim has utilized all the resources to – to their availability and and certainly just is it's been incredible to watch the this the brand the vandy boys people nationally know what it is in fact i'm coaching a travel team um, with my son and one of the guys moved here from la because they're huge vanderbilt fans and and like that program so it's it's just it's neat to watch what that has become yeah, you're sort of leading me to where I want to go next. I'm fortunate to have a real good relationship with Coach Corbin. Um, 
I know, of course, my phone is ringing in the background. I didn't bother to hit vibrate on him. That's okay. Uh, I know other former Commodores, even before he got here, you know, still have strong ties to the program, and he's always very accommodating. So what's it like for you personally? You're still living and working and breathing baseball every day. You didn't play for him, but you're still a Vandy boy at heart. Just being a, attached to the program has to be beneficial on a lot of levels. And my my sons love to go to the games. I took our team um, there a few weeks ago, and and Coach Corbin came and spoke to them before the game. And it's all I've always felt like I could go there anytime, um, even though I wasn't a part of 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 his tenure. I've always felt like I'm welcome. There. Okay, so let's talk about your profession now. The main reason why I wanted to have you here. Before you decided to become a baseball agent yourself, what was your experience like with agents as a minor leaguer? I believe, despite the decorated college career, you know, undrafted and having to go and you know, toiling through the minors as one of those anonymous guys and having to prove it every day. I think it's really why I got into the business. Um, my brother was in law school while I was playing professionally. We started talking about my career, things within the industry maybe that could be different. He had a real interest in it. Um, I was kind of unsure as I, I ended up, I was hurt for most of my professional career and, and kind of just playing through injuries. And I wanted to, I, I just always thought that the agent world was looking at it backwards. They were always looking at it as, well, I'll take care of your contracts and off the field stuff, but most players are never getting to a place where that even matters they're not good enough to take advantage of those things. And so I was like, well, why are, why is no one in our business? They're doing it in the, in the music business where there's voice coaches and, you know, 360 degree management. Why no one in the baseball space in our business is managing players careers and leading them to the path, like showing them what does it mean to be a major league player? How do you get there? Our profession was just leaving it up to teams. And teams, frankly, at that time, were doing a horrible job of developing players, mm -hmm. right? The, the margins, <clears throat> the players that were drafted versus the ones that made it was very small. And so we just started to talk conceptually about some ideas. I had met a gentleman at the end of my career who started helping me develop by the name of Paul Nyman, who was the godfather of biomechanics in baseball mm -hmm. and has, you know, has spurned a lot of people in the game that have done great things. But he, I had just reached out to him. That was back when you couldn't even, you know, I, I didn't even have a cell phone till I was in college. The internet was just a thing. Finding information was really difficult, but sure I, was. I was just scrubbing, trying to find it. And I, I, he was an engineer by trade. His ideas made, I was an engineering major when I was in college. His ideas made sense to me. So I just called him up one day and I said, Hey, I don't have any resources, but I do have desire and I do want to learn. Would you be open to mentoring me? <clears throat> and so Paul was, he's a great guy, but he was, I think the baseball world wasn't taking him as seriously as they should have at the time. And so anybody that was willing in the baseball world to kind of listen, he was open to teaching. And so he just, it, he opened my mind to so many things that I was searching for as a player. I was a good player who knew I was capable of more and didn't know how to find it. I remember in my second to last season in the minor leagues, after working with him, I showed up. The hitting coordinator came to me after two weeks in camp and said, hey, will you go in the cage with me and show me what you know? I'm like, you're the hitting coordinator <laughs> of an organization, and, you know? 
And, and so it was things like that. And, and wow, fast forward 25 years, and the game has tech everywhere, everywhere. And, and information at your disposal. And so, so I feel like that was really the, how we got into the business, was looking at it through a failed career, so to speak. Um, and my brother really wanting, he kind of prodded me along into the business because he was very interested and fascinated where he was in law school and trying to figure out what he was going to do next. And, and we just kind of created a niche that was different than what was out there. And it was the only way we could survive. Um, we didn't have the multi-million dollar contracts when we entered into the business to sell to the next player. So we were really just talking to players about, we believe we can help you. And we were, we were fortunate that some of them decided to let us do that and through that process have built you know over the last 20 years of business in a multi-billion dollar industry now i'd never thought of it that way but that's fascinating you know, we're, we're in nashville we're in music city but you're almost taking a musician type approach a record company approach here because you know, we have x minor leaguers who work here and guys who work out here in the off season and i'm always amazed that they never have great stories to tell about accommodations and weight training programs and arm care and nutrition and all the things that are necessary to be a 21st century athlete. But you've incorporated that as part of the agency. That seems very unique. And we were really the first organization and agency to do that. There were a few out there that dabbled a little bit and maybe having some connections or connecting you with someone. There were a few places that you could come work out. We just thought it needed to be the gap needed to be bridged between the physical and the fundamental and the mental. That you needed to know that all of it was important. How you do anything is how you do everything. You know, and you're a man of expressions. Always been that way. Always, <laughs> and and that's so for me. That was kind of how we looked at it. And 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 I believe that it was out of it, it was you know you look for purpose. And, and I was always somebody who thought I was going to play sports forever. I was, you know, I competed my whole life and, and it really was out of, I can't quite get to this level. I know that I can get to because I don't have the knowledge and resources. I just don't know what I don't know. And, and that exploration kind of created a cool venture and, and we've been rewarded by that, by loving what we do most every day. Um, for the last two decades. Now, when the layman thinks of a sports agent, the first thing that comes to mind probably is is Tom Cruise and, and Jerry Maguire. I mean, I, there has to be some Jerry Maguire type guys in the business, maybe even some Bob Sugar type guys in the business. How reality is the wrong word. It's obviously a Hollywoodized version, but how much is at play in the business? It's like not, the movie, it's not that different, mm -hmm. really. Um, everybody is trying to create their spin. Right, because it is a sales business. If you don't have clients, you don't have a business. And it's highly competitive. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of collegiality because you can't trust that the agent across the block isn't trying to take your client. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to be comfortable with who you are and what you do and how you do it. And I had a friend one time say to me, just be great at what you're good at. Don't try, to, you're going to attract who you are. Don't try to go get everybody and everything. Just be great at what you're good at. And, and that's really kind of our mantra and what we've done. So your agency does not have a huge online presence. Uh, you're not splashing all over social media. Um, so what is your process for acquiring talent? When you do get a meeting 
with a, a high profile player, be it a high school kid or a college kid? What do you tell them? So most of what we do is word of mouth. Um, we've built a reputation as a certain type of company. And I think our friends in the industry know the type of player that we do well with and fit with. And so most of the time when we arrive at a meeting, it's already the, the profile of the player is that they may not choose us. There's, I, I tell every player, we're not the only good company. We're one of the good companies, but there are many flavors in our industry and you have to decide what is right for you so that this marriage lasts and you're successful. And for us, we, I, I always, that's, a, that's really my pitch. This is who we are. We don't try to sell you on anything that we're not. But what I can tell you is there is no one like us. And so if what we're talking about in this process with you is intriguing, it will work because our success rate is higher than most. We take on very few clients overall. We have less than 50 clients. And we invest everything that we can in helping them be the best that they can be. And because of that, and because of the resources at their disposal and the knowledge and things that we invest in them, the bulk of them, now we're starting with a good product. Also, the bulk of our clients go in the top 100 picks. So, but we have been able to allow them to flourish and have careers when maybe the expectation that they weren't going to be quite as good as they became. So what are the conversations like? I'm sure you've had them. Uh, a player that you've had developed or gone through the draft with, and maybe he leaves you for another agency. Mm-hmm. Or what are the conversations like on the flip side if someone's had another experience and it hasn't gone well, and they come to you as a secondary option? So early on in our career, <clears throat> we, we, probably, we probably got clients we shouldn't have. Right? At the, I mean, just reality You got speaking. a lot of first-rounders on the wall. Yeah. Right. And... And, and a few of them, I think before we were ready and before we had built this business that was known, um, started to think and, and people started to hammer them like, right. Cause nobody wants you to take a part of their business. Mm-hmm. Right. So at first when we started, no one really paid attention to us because ah, they're just a, another startup. They'll be gone in five years and you know we'll have their clients anyway well as that didn't happen then they started to come and say well we need to destruct their business a little bit right if we take a few of their players sure they'll crumble then and so that was a tough kind of stretch at the beginning where there were one or two guys that we had invested a lot of time and effort in um one of which became an mvp in the big leagues that we no longer work with and didn't see the back end of their career that we had helped to build um, that was a tough one. On the flip side, you have players that are are searching for what we need that have been so, so like cool in the stories that have come out of that. You know, we we've had a player we've had players that have just come to us and said, you know, we've been forgotten. And they're good players. You know, but what happens is by and large in our business is it's a it's a uh, a portfolio. We take on enough clients. We have some that are high end guys. We have some that are high risk, you know, high reward. And the ones that come out of it, we know it's twenty percent of them are going to be good enough. We'll make sure we work for them, and the rest of you have a nice life. Mm-hmm. And and so for us, we've just it's maybe it's a harder model. Maybe it's just what we're meant to do. Whatever it is, we've just decided that if you're here, you matter. And we're going to treat, if you're the 
12th round pick or you're the first round pick, you're the guy in single A, you're the all-star in the big leagues, we're going to treat you the same, right? We're go- that doesn't mean that one doesn't have more needs than others, right? You reach a certain point in your career and you have different needs than others, but you still matter. And, and if, we can, if we can invest in you, then you're going to see some return on that investment as long as you're willing to put in the time. And so maybe your, your career arc just became one year in the big leagues, but you got to say you're one of the guys that is a major leaguer, and that mm-hmm. never goes away. Maybe you're the guy who gets the gold card in your 10-year guy. But somewhere in between that investment of time has given you a return. And, and, and what we found is, like Brandon Lau, you, you mentioned him at the start. He's a wonderful example of this. Brandon was drafted. Um, after his first year in the minor leagues, there were players in – I mean, there were, there were personnel in his organization that wanted to release him. After one year. After one year. He's not, he's not good enough. Like mm-hmm. he's not, and this is an all-star in the big leagues. Had two home runs in a World Series game. Right. And, and, but I always say this. I don't know if it's what we did or who he is or a combination of both, but I always give him credit because he showed up every day. And he's done that ever since he was drafted. He showed up every day of the offseason. He's one of the first ones there. He's one of the last ones to leave. And so no matter what, he was going to figure it out probably. Now, I think there's the, the career arc is different maybe than it would be just because you're investing in the person. But, but he, he just was special in that way. And, and that's you see this in the little leagues. You see this in travel baseball. You see this in college if you're at Venom. There are just certain people that they decide they're going to get it. Like mm-hmm. they're going to get it done. Like you're in your business here. This it took a this took a lot of risk. Like you you had to you had to make a decision yeah. that maybe wasn't what everybody would have. We invested done. a ton of money. We opened in the middle of peak COVID, basically. Right. Yeah. And and now you have hundreds of people coming here every day. And and so I think that's where for us it was the same thing as a business. Is we just we took a risk. We bet on ourselves. You know, I remember my brother and I talked about this when we were starting our business. What, what if we're bankrupt in five years? What if we have no clients, we have no business? We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're highly educated people who are driven. Like, somebody will give us another opportunity. And so we just took the chance, and we took the chance to bet on people, and they bet on us. And, it, you know, to this point, it's been, it's been a good ride. So you've gotten to the point where you don't have to say yes to everybody. You don't have to beg and choose. So tell me the traits and characteristics of a player – that is attracted to you to represent. And you know what? I'm, tell me some things that maybe if you hear during the interview process, this is not what we're looking for. This is not a good fit. So I think that first of all, our culture is really important to us because our guys are coming in in the wintertime and spending a lot of time around us and a lot of time around each other. <clears throat> we can't have the bad apple. Mm-hmm. We can't have the player that sours the environment. So who they are is way more important to us today than what they are. So do they, do they treat people well? Do they show up and work hard? Do they have a good energy and presence about them? Um, the person that doesn't and never has fit well with us is the person that just wants and never gives. That, what are you going to do for me? What glove deal am I going to get? How much equipment are you going to buy me? What tickets are you going to get me? And, and 
those are all a part of this life sure. and all a part of what we do. And we've done that many times over, over the years, but it's, it's the heart of where that stems from, you know, and, and I've just learned over time that the players that are most successful, that's just not, that's not how they're driven. It, it actually sounds like coach Corbin is that he's never going to hunt kids that are proactively seeking NIL deals and stuff like that. I mean, that can be part of the equation, but if that's the reason why you want to wear that uniform, you're not a good fit. They're not a good fit for us either. And, and, and that doesn't make you wrong. Like we're not saying we're right and you're wrong. We just are trying to realize that there are different outfits. There are different organizations. There are different companies. Our company does really well with the player that says, I want to be an excellent baseball player. I want, I want to, I want to, I want to take my baseball career and do something with it. I want to influence and affect people, right? But at, the, but at its core, I realize that a lot of this life is a distraction. And if I'm going to be one of the best players in the world, I can't get distracted by everything that's out there. I can't just be um, wanting to be that. I have to be that. And, and I think a lot of players lose sight. They like the idea of what it is. They don't want to do all the things that are required. And, and mm-hmm. it's not always a glorious life, and it's not an easy life either. Um, you know, people are like, oh, you're out of season. Not really. Like, they train four and five hours every day, you know. And, and so they're having to up and move sometimes to say, this is the best place for me to get better and to train. They're, they have significant others. Some of them have families. Like, they're, they're at the whim might be traded you know, they might be released. It's So it's – you have to love it. You have to just want to be an excellent baseball player to, to actually ever become a major league player. And we've been fortunate to see lots of them over the years and, and, and also some disappointments and things that have happened. But, but by and large, I've always said this, like if you have the desire to do it, there's only two things and enough ability, right – so we, we look for three qualities in players, really, at the end of the day, and I, and I tell every one of them this. There's aptitude, want to, and ability. Those are the three things. The one where you can, the ones you cannot have a varying amount of is in aptitude and want to. Ability, there are varying levels, even in the big leagues. Sure. But the aptitude and want to are what drives that ability to get to its fullest potential or ceiling. And most players' ceilings are way higher than they think they are. They just don't know it. Like they haven't seen what it is. Most of them are handicapped by inefficiencies in what they do. Um, their their body, how it's how it's developed over the years, and and when you start to take the shackles off and unlock them a little bit, and and whether that be their spine moves better, their hips move better, their ankles move better, and then within how they're organizing the skill to do throwing or hitting, you see this like. One plus one doesn't equal two in development of skill. Like I've seen guys that have worked and it looks like they're doing the work and all of a sudden they went from a A, I mean a, a C level player to an A level player in overnight, it seemed like. Now it was all the work behind it that happened, mm-hmm. but 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 the difference between a seven hundred OPS and a nine hundred OPS in the big league seems like a lot, but it's really still it's still just in the margins. Mm-hmm. That player, a lot of players are capable of that. They're just not doing what is needed to do it, and no one's showing them fully how to. I see. 
So I know you have some experience with football and you play with football and the agency had some football back in the day. Um, so I want to ask you a football question. The Lamar Jackson situation with the Ravens uh, is getting a lot of publicity. He does not have an agent. I've never heard a reason exactly why he doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't want to shell out the free percent of the contract, whatever it is. But a lot of smart people think the reason why he's unsigned and the reason why this is so contentious and ugly is because he does not have that buffer. So what is your take in this profession watching that just as a sports fan? It's too hard um, to remove yourself from the equation. Everyone is always going to value themselves more than a team does. And they should. That's also why our profession exists. Mm -hmm. Right? So you don't undervalue yourself. But it becomes hard when you don't know all the nuances of how teams think and the reasons that they do the things they do and then the conversations that happen to actually do it well yourself. You, you, you can't possibly do that well. There's no one that can remove the bias of themselves out of the equation. And so it's just it, – it's a, it, it's a failed – because you're also – like it's like arbitration in baseball. Very ugly. When you hear those things about yourself and a team says them, like you take it personal. Mm-hmm. And, and you probably should in some ways, but, but it's not always meant as personal. And so there's no way like that a player in negotiating with a team isn't going to hear sourness from a, a comment. And then all of a sudden they can't remove that and then logically get back to thinking through how do we get this done? Because an effective deal... It also, I've thought about this a lot, too, over the years. An effective deal should be that both, pe- both people win. That's what an effective deal is. Mm-hmm. But everybody's trying to win, right? And so it, Lamar Jackson, rightfully so, is fighting for himself because he is, goes in and puts his, his basic life on the line every day, getting hit hard, whatever. But... But ultimately, I think you just have to trust somebody to do their job for you so that you don't have to hear that because it's not productive. That's why most people that go through arbitration with a team don't sign long-term with the team because it's just not productive. It's mm-hmm. not productive for you to hear your employer say things that, that for the most part, hurt feelings. Yeah, I think so, some really- scar tissue is going to be left behind. That's right. Mm-hmm. So when you're negotiating a contract for a player, ideally, how much is the player actually involved in that process? Money, years, incentives, opt-outs, no trade clauses. How much does he really need to know during the process? So the player always has to make the final call. You have to trust because I think when, when you don't, you get the Freddie Freeman situations. Mm-hmm. Right where tough to watch. He, where he's getting left out of things that that he really probably should have a say in, and but I think you have to understand all. Like I think part of the representation process is knowing the person and their personality and what they're able to hear and not hear to get to a productive outcome. And so the player doesn't know all the nuances of a deal. They just need to know what is a, what are similar comps, what are similar players, and what is a fair standard for the deal, right? What are the right parameters? And then you have to decide if it's the right timing and the right deal for you at that time. And so you're seeing this a lot in baseball now, um, the early deals, 
literally my next question, but by all means. Because everyone knows where the game is headed financially. The reason that this is, the reason that timings of deals happen in that way is because they're looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, revenues are going forward. If we can like save today, that helps us build our team, right? Um, there are some deals that get done like that that are maybe front-loaded because they're not winning right now. They know they want this player four years from now as a cost-controlled player to build within the confines. So there are all these reasons that teams are trying to do these things. You can also eliminate that ugly arbitration process. You can, you can eliminate that. And I think for, by and large, teams say that will the player be more productive, secure? Now, from a player's standpoint, you have to decide what are you giving up to take that deal? And are you okay with that? Um. You probably wouldn't want to sell a million dollar house for $200,000. And so, but what if you had a million dollar house and it was the right time to sell it and you sold it for eight seventy five? dollars Are you okay with that? And, and so that's really the context of the, of the negotiations with a team and a player is, and we've had it on both sides. We've had players that have turned down early deals and we've had ones that have accepted them. And, there, there. That goes back to also the personality of the player. Also, is what allows them, and and then also knowing the team, because some of those early deals, you could say, well, it's a bad deal, like because I think that's what what's going to happen. So as soon as a player does an early deal in our profession, this is what's going to happen. Every player that we then have that's a good player, other agents are going to go to them and say, hey, look at how bad a deal your agent did. <laughs> It's the first thing that's going to mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. right? So, so you're the, secure, but you're leaving long-term money on the table, right? And and so the player has to. But then you talk about what is the organization. So, what if it's an organization that uses all their options on the player that platoons them so that they never maximize their value in arbitration? Versus, you realize if I did this, I'm going to play every day. I'm going to become the best player that I could become, and that next deal might be better than I ever would have gotten. So there's these factors that you're having to look at. As long, and I always say this, um, my my brother does a great job of this as well, and 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 he handles the the he he's the lead on on those negotiations. But but we always explain to the player all the factors and say, are you are are you okay with this? Because you know everything, you have to make the decision. We're going to educate you on the pros and cons of the deal and all the angles involved. And then you need to decide if this is okay, because you can't look back. Like, it's just like I would advise a player in high school deciding on the draft versus college. You can't look back because if you're in college wishing you were in professional baseball or you're in professional baseball wishing you were in college, you're never going to be a great player. Mm Mm-hmm. Just like if you're in the big leagues and you took the early deal and every day you're under that deal, you're saying, I shouldn't have, you're never going to be the player you're capable of. And what is the goal of all this? Like the goal of all this is to be your best self every day, like to become the best you can possibly become as a player and then go live out a wonderful life in that way because you've sacrificed so much to get here. Like you will know, you know, this being on the ball field, if your son continues to track in baseball, like we talk about this all the time, you give up family vacations. Like, you know, we're up sometimes before school because we know we can't get it done after school because we're playing another sport, hitting. 
Like we're in here, like you mm-hmm. know, on days when no, other we people gave up are, our last two weekends. This is our first introduction into travel ball. So it mm-hmm. just you're going to give up all these things. So if you're going to give up all these things, you have to love it, and you have to have a desire to just live your best life and become your best self. And so if if you're having these regrets, that, that so that's a long winded answer into why am I? What are the early deals? But but it's just an education process. The player just has to understand all the factors involved. That's why we also talk about the player-agent relationship needing to have a huge trust factor. Because you're trusting us, and maybe that's Lamar isn't to that place with anybody that he can, mm-hmm. right? That somebody's not going to try to take advantage of him or they're not going to do the deal for them. Because a lot of times, what like the early deal, like some agencies are scared to take that deal because of the other agencies coming after players. But what if it's the best deal for the player? Like the only deal that matters for that person is the one right in front of them, not all the next ones that are going to be for every other player. And so we talk also about that is, you know, having a personal relationship with the players. That's why I love the fact that we have the development side of it. You know, we spend about a third of the year with most of our clients. Agencies don't do that. No, that's very unusual. And so for us, we get to know the player. And so we get to educate them properly. And we get to have lots of conversations about these things so that when we do get to this place, we can make educated good decisions. That's really fascinating stuff. That's that's the last real hardcore baseball stuff I want to ask you. We always finish these one-on-one interviews with the game we call Nine Innings. So we're going to ask you the same nine questions we ask everybody and presumably going to get a whole bunch of different nine answers, a rapid fire style. Uh, Inning number one, your favorite team as a kid? The Braves. Pretty much everybody grew up in the Southeast. That's their answer. I was, um, I'll, I'll tell you a cool story off of that. Why I became a Braves fan. My uncle. You my, grew up in East Tennessee, I correct? I grew up in East Tennessee. My dad's brother was the world racquetball champion. And uh, cool side note, he was Elvis's private coach. <laughs> okay. And, and if you go to Graceland, they filled in the old racquetball courts there. But he would go there and, and, and work with them. But because he was in Atlanta at the time when I was a kid, and he was at the Atlanta Racquet Club as the head pro. And so he got to know a lot of the players because they would come in there and work out and whatever. And so when I was like eight or nine years old, we got to go to the game in Atlanta. I got to go sit in the dugout during batting practice, Claudel Washington and those guys. Dale Murphy, Murphy. Bob Horner. Oh, yeah. I was sitting in the dugout, and then I got to go sit in Ted Turner's box. And so I was hooked, like, the, sure. you know, besides the fact that that was all that was really on TV at that time in your life when you Super get to station, do that, yeah. you know. So anyway, that was a long-winded question. We're it's not okay. going rapid fire. Second question, part of that, your favorite player as a kid. So growing up, I had two players that I really loved to watch that, you know, um, but I would say probably um, I, I really loved Don Mattingly, but I, but sure. I built my swing – around George Brett. And I was so, a big Brett guy, too. So those were two guys. I wore number five in Little League for yeah. George Brett. Yeah. Okay. Uh, third inning is probably my most important question. Your favorite baseball movie? The Natural. A little sentimental. Still a sensational movie. I love For Love of the Game, too. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a little, got a little sappiness in me <laughs> as far as that goes. So. If I go sappy, I usually go Field of Dreams, but I'm yeah. a fan of The Natural, too. Uh, fourth inning, what is the best sound at the ballpark? Crack of the bat. Yeah, easy one. Fifth inning, the best smell at the ballpark? 
Yeah, the mixture of hot dogs and popcorn. Always a good one. Sixth inning. Maybe not necessarily back when you played, but let's say you were playing a ball game today. You're in a three-hole for the Vandy Boys. What's your walk-up song at the Hawk? So my walk-up song was always, Thank God I'm a Country Boy. I can um, see that very and, easily. And I loved it when – so I was in Jacksonville when I was in AA with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool because when I came up to the, – the fans just got behind the song. They had stopped stomping in the stands and clapping. <laughs> so it was just a good energy. I went always. to high school in Jacksonville. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, seventh inning. Tell me about a game when you were the hero. I don't care if it was single A. I don't care if it was little league. Just a game that jumps out at so you. So there's two of them that come to mind. Um, my dad played football at Tennessee. I was never recruited by Tennessee to play baseball. And I hit a home run, a three-run home run to win the game against them when I was in college. That was cool. That's pretty sweet. Um, my other memory was, so Dan Wright, who ended up pitching the big leagues for the White Sox, mm-hmm. played at Arkansas. He, he moved from Arkansas when I was – right after I left high school, but he was playing with my brother. He, he came to East Tennessee because his dad worked for Eastman like my dad did. And so they became friends. So anyway, Dan pitched for our high school. He was a three – he was all state in three sports, like tremendous athlete. He became the closer for Arkansas. We're playing Arkansas. They bring him in to face me. Um, our, one of our high school coaches is there. So just to, <laughs> we were going to go out to dinner afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, as a group or whatever. And he throws me about eight straight sliders, right? I think there's runners on, runner on second. Maybe there's runners on first and second because he didn't walk me. So he throws me like eight straight sliders. I'm like, I'm going to get him eventually. Like if he, you know, and I hit an absolute laser. I hit a knuckleball. I hit it so square. At the shortstop, and right, right before it got to him, it like knuckled around him, oh, yeah. like it went, like it was like it was intent to happen, like it just went <laughs> whoop and moved right around him. So anyway, that was those are my favorite, two of my favorite. Very players. nice. Uh, flip side of that coin, eighth inning. Tell me about a game when you were the chump, and we all have them. So, I think the ones that I can, I never remember being the chump. But I do remember a couple of the times when, like, I just didn't perform. Like, I, I think about this this one a lot. It's not a game, but it was a series. We went to Kentucky. Um, it was it, – and I, probably all my memories are from college. That was when I – just that last year in college, I had so many cool moments. I ended up, you know, I, I became the SEC player of the yeah, year. Yeah, you but, hit like but, 450. No right. wonder you remember. So, but, but I remember why I didn't win the national batting title either. I was second in the nation. Right. Behind Ken Harvey. And we go to Kentucky. Sunday it's supposed to snow. So they move it up to a doubleheader on Saturday. It's 29 degrees. <laughs> We're facing Brandon Webb, who's a Cy Young winner in the big leagues. Pretty good. Pretty good. Throwing 94-mile-an-hour sinkers. Yeah, he threw a a heavy baseball. I ended up going – he started the doubleheader. I ended up going 0 for 7 for the day. And I lost the batting title at the end of the year by two points. (laughs) That's a tough one. You know, so that would be, in my mind, I'm the chump because I allowed the weather and the elements to get the best of me. Ninth inning, last question for you. It's a little existential, but if it weren't for the game of baseball, dot, dot, dot. Fill it in for me. 
I actually never was going to go play baseball as a, as I was going. I wanted to be a SEAL. No kidding. I was accepted to the Naval Academy out of high school. I was going through my last round of physicals. I was on my way to doing that. So it probably was part of the reason I ended up being a walk-on out of high school. Um, my last round of physicals, they disqualified me because I had had asthma six months past the cutoff date when I was a kid. Hmm. And that diverted my path. Yeah. That changed everything about what I had had in my mind. Like I was actually, that was what I wanted to do. So if that wasn't the case, that might've been my life. Okay. Very respectable. This was very, very educational. I know I learned a lot. I'm guessing our listeners did as well. So thank you so much for coming in. John, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah. Good to see you. You too. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Pro9 Sports, committed to providing high-quality, precision baseball and softball products to help players perform their best on the field. A family-owned and operated business since 2001, offering a wide range of products including game and practice balls, protective gear, team and player bags, umpire equipment, and much more. Here at the Nashville location, we use private label D-Bat baseballs and softballs produced by Pro9 in our pitching machines and lesson buckets. These balls are durable, long-lasting, and made with quality materials to replicate your game experience. Pro9 equipment is made to precise specifications and designed to provide a better way to play. To learn more, go to Pro9.com or visit your local DBAT. Okay, time once again for three up and three down. I'm going to ask three questions. The fellows do not know what's coming. They have to answer in the heat of the moment. Question number one. Who has the sweetest swing in baseball? And I mean, now we can't default to Ken Griffey Jr. or Ted Williams or who has oh, well, the best swing in baseball easy. now. Well, actually, hold on. Is it easy? I need to make sure that he's actually still playing. But I was going to say Robinson Cano. I think he still is. No on longer an active, still playing. No. He's not active anymore? No. Gosh, good answer. That but is a good answer. I like Does his not swing. Qualify. I will say it right now. I like his swing better than Ken Griffey's. That's just me. Okay. Hot take alert. That is a hot take. But, uh, Do you want to answer the actual question? You're on a lonely island. I, yeah, I will. Uh, Arias. Yeah, Luis yeah. Arias? He's got a yeah. pretty swing. Yeah. yeah. He's talented. He does. He's talented. Pretty good. He yeah. is good. Modern I mean, honest, day Tony Gwynn. And honestly, I mean, if you really look at it, Dansby's got a really good swing down, too. Yeah. His this, changes. This answer made. is always the lefties who have the quote-unquote sweet swings, but Dansby does have a good-looking right-handed swing. It does look good. I thought the best-looking right-handed swing I ever saw was Manny Ramirez. That was amazing. Yeah. You know what? But I'm yeah. gonna, you know, I'm a, little bi- I'm a little biased here, but I'm gonna, I got, I got two for the leader. Yeah, I'm for, gonna go for with. I knew, I, you're gonna take mine. Say it. I'm gonna go with Olson and Austin Riley. Oh, okay. Austin cool. Riley. Ooh. Austin Riley's. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Olson's I mean, a very good his, answer. I mean, dude, that home run he hit today. That swing was Olson's. Nice. Yeah, it was yeah. Really nice. He does have a nice swing. Very good. What he does, what he does before the pitch is kind of odd, but the, the actual swing of oh, it is yeah. so nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah. So oh. can, can we go right and left? Why not? As you wish. That's what I'll do. Righty. I'm going to go with Ronald Acuna. Mm. That's good. definitely I love it's a that good swing. Pick. Very good. I love pick. that swing. It's a good one. And then I lost my lefty. Who was your lefty? I lost it. I had a lefty in mind. Showhase is pretty. He's already three steps out of the box. Oh, yeah, he does. He pulls out a lot. Mm -hmm. And he can't hit the up and in, which I think is why. Anyways, uh, somebody else go while I think about what my lefty was just about to be. (sighs) My righty is a toss up. (sighs) Bobby Witt Jr. No. Bobby Witt does have a good swing. I could watch. I could watch Mike Trout hit a low fastball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 400 feet. Yeah. All day long. Off the shoe tops. He's good at that. 
I'm not gonna lie. I I really like Judge's short short swing, <laughs> dude. It's it's nice. I like. I mean, he's the only one that I really see do that little little twitch. Little yeah, we've seen it, we've seen how well that's worked uh, <laughs> here. Let's say let's say he's he's the only one that that does it. I mean, it's the highest level. It's, one. it's technically bad swing mechanics. It just works for him because he's six eight two eighty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just someone that helps someone that big being able to swing that that well. I, I really like it, but I think Mike Trout that low that low fastball that short, is good short, oh, I got short it. finish is, i got it it's so nice jordan alvarez yeah that's a good one very good one i like that swing very good one i did not break it down into righty lefty but i'm glad you did for lefty i'm surprised no one said bryce harper yet bryce harper, bryce harper's harper's got harper's good. Good. great swing uh, he's not playing right great. now. great <laughs> true but he's on the injured list he'll be back soon uh for righty on the fly i know he just went on the injured list too elo jimenez has a beautiful right yeah, he swing. does he, he really does, does. He really, I mean, for a guy that big, that much power, pretty high average historically. Yeah. He makes a lot of contact. This new swing for Bellinger, too, is pretty. Ella. He might. God, he, he's, he's got, got a, a good lefty swing, man. Mm-hmm. God, he generates so much whip. No yeah. kidding. Oh, yeah. Coming yeah. out of the shoes. Question number two. You could probably guess. Not, the worst Not quite swing. the same. Actually, no. Who has the ugliest stance in baseball? John Carlo. Yeah, that's it. Bums me that's out. That's a bad man. one. But, I, but I, I, love, I, I love his swing though. It's just the all he has to do is great. Put his bat stance out. is bad. That was actually my answer. My answer yeah. was Giancarlo stand. Yeah. He's got the closed stance, which no one does anymore. Yeah, he's Mike, got the Mike weird stand stance. No, no load. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, and the way he sort of rolls the bat's a little awkward. It, it doesn't. But the swing is is so short and so powerful. But that was my answer as well. Giancarlo stand. Yeah, that's bad. That, that, yeah, that's my worst stance. My worst swing is honestly, and I've, I've hyped him up past couple of weeks, but Kyle Schwarber, I don't, I don't like his swing. Really? Yeah, it's just weird. How do you not it, like that swing? I don't know. It's just, it's such like a good left ball swing. So hard, sure. but it's like almost like he kind of handcuffs himself, but the balls go so far. I, I don't know. Okay, I think it's just weird. Yeah, I think it's pretty universal. Stan's got the worst one. It Probably. Does, yeah. it I'm, trying to, other I'm trying. I'm trying to think of some pants. other ones. If, um, yeah, Hunter Pence obviously has the worst. Cody all time. Bellinger's is not great. It's a little awkward. He just stays tall. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's like straight legs, and it's a little weird. Altuve just because his ugly face is in the box. Yeah, that doesn't um, help. I feel like there's not a not lot so of guys anymore. Stance, like just Craig Council and Craig Council's stance uh, was sick. <laughs> I mean, that stance was awesome. Yeah, there's no more like Pete ranked. Roses or uh, like, what's his name? Gary was pretty Sheffield. Ugly. Who was the guy that had his stance? Awesome. I mean, it was on the red. Come on, you don't have the red. There will be no blasphemous Gary Sheffield on this podcast. Aquinas or what? Was his name? Who are you thinking of? The guy on the Reds. Uh, oh yeah, the, the righty. Yeah, righty. Yeah, he's like super open. Oh, dude, oh, crazy oh uh, open. Jose Akendo. Jose yeah, Akendo. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's who you're he's, thinking of. Yeah, he like faces the pitcher. Yeah, and like then turns uh, into like the light hitting that was switch hitter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Tony Batista is another popular one from back in the day. Really awful stance, but he hit a bunch of bombs. Luis Gonzalez. Not a great one. Not a great one. Yeah, that's oh, about as yeah. that's about as open God, as you can I hate get. That guy. Yeah. Did you did y'all like Ricky Henderson's stance? Ricky fast. Um, it wasn't pretty to look at, but needless to say, it was effective. Well, that's what we're talking about, though. Yeah, right? I mean, ugly realistically, stances. Sammy Sosa's stance was ugly. Yeah, yeah. Jeff really? Bagwell. Yeah, 
Horrible. Back roll yeah, was bad. That was, that yeah. was bad. He I literally mean, stepped backwards to hit the ball because he was so wide at address. Yeah, his cheeks were touching the ground. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, he took up the entire batting batter's box. Yeah. Pool holes was kind of bad, too. And his swing isn't awesome either. No, it's really not. No, it's very. He actually, Trey Turner kind of swings like pools. Yeah, he does. He's, it's yeah. very straight. Here, right. Here, yeah. right. Get a lot of backspin you. on the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, question number three. Totally different zag here. Are you in favor of the all-turf baseball fields, which are becoming more and more popular? We got one right down the road here at Vanderbilt, especially with youth fields, the perfect game types and the game seven types and, and, and all the leagues out there. They're trying to play as many games as possible and eliminate rainouts and, and field conditions and having to rake and drag. Or do we like the idea of an all-turf baseball field? Yes. Explain. Yeah. All of the reasons you just named. Yeah. The mound's always the same. The infield's always the same. The outfield's always the same. Yeah, I'll say from a catcher's perspective, I definitely would prefer to play on turf. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little hotter, right? Days, but yeah. but right. I would I would choose turf. Anytime we I ever played on turf, I thought it was awesome too. Yeah, I mean, you could slide past the bag, but once you adjust, you to just that, start mm-hmm. to slide like twenty feet away. Right. It actually it's really fun to slide. Yeah, on you turf. just Collide. digging in the batter's box as a hitter is totally different. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't get as much traction with your foot if you can't dig a hole but also that's, from a catcher's perspective i don't have to tamp home plate will say in you the can, batter's boxes mm-hmm. well, you can lock if you go to d1 you don't better. have to do that jesus christ what did you say i said if you if you go to d1 you don't have to tamp home plate shots fired Oof. or Dude, some, it is some crazy <laughs> Crazy. Just, I mean, dude, kicking the, the hey, horse. I'm saying if, that, if that's your reason, fight. Hey, fight back, dude. The horse is <laughs> fight, dead. Fight, Stop fight, fight, fight back. Yeah. Say what you want to say. Well, I'll just let my average do the talking. If that's you want to look it up. Yeah, you're you're you have a better swing than I do. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, some of us went JUCO, guys. Shut up, Sam. <laughs> All right. Some of us had to go JUCO. Yeah, it worked out. Hey, I'm not. I'm just saying. Um, so we official thumbs up for all yeah, turf. I am thumbs Dude, congrats on thumbs going D one, man. That's I'm, awesome for you. <laughs> How'd it go? Thanks. Do you guys win any college world series or anything? No, Make but it's it any fun. regionals. It was fun. <laughs> got a Went to a lot of cool places. I got, God, I got a sick burn. You could say, but you know. oh, I'm not, it's fine. Um, it's fine. <laughs> just let it slide. But no, as an infielder, I liked the natural, the natural dirt. Um, I didn't like, I feel like the balls just got on you a lot quicker on the turf. It definitely they does. Do. And I really liked digging in. Like I didn't dig into the batter's box, but just I like that feeling a lot better than you don't getting the first baseman's clay. heels. I was about to say, yeah, you can't wear down your spikes. You got to cleat some people. Yeah. You don't That's miss true, having yeah. clay somewhere? What? I mean, you don't miss having actual clay on the infield? I mean, I'm talking to these guys too. But I love the idea of the turf and the grass, but – just a baseball field without dirt just seems strange to me. Yeah, I, I would, I I would mean, like to play on like like a Chase Field or like a Tropicana just to see what the turf grass onto the the dirt is like. Yeah, I think that would be cool. That would be my compromise. I will I will say this: we played on a the in Milwaukee in indie ball, and our third baseman was like telling us about this play he was going to do if we we're going to turn a double play on the turf. And we're like, all right, whatever. So he gets a ground ball runner on first. He fields it and he skips it. Yeah. To the second baseman, yeah. and it like hit one hops right there, turned old play. Yeah. Isn't that so, the I mean, play that Alex Bregman's trying to perfect? Yeah. It was so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time running, he goes to his left, to his he's, left. he's yeah. intentionally one hopping it, and it works every time. Yeah, and that's the thing is we played at at Rose one uh, one year, and I mean, how many how many bloop fly balls are going to bounce over your outfielder's head? 
Well, if you were on, at on a on natural grass, well, if, you're yeah. a, if you're at a good D one, they don't let that happen. <laughs> nice, Sammy. Well, if you play at an actual, well, if you're at a good Hashtag Division one baseball well, field, just, and you're not at a city park, you don't re- you don't really see that happening in Vandy a whole no, lot. No, you just got to adjust to it. Oh, it's, it's not the same turf. The same, There's no way that's the same. It's turf. The same turf. There's no way. Dude, it turf is turf. It is the same turf. Turf is not turf. It is the same turf. Zach, it is not I don't know same. what you're arguing. It here. is 100% the same It turf. is fake grass. That's the only time I've ever seen a ball bounce over yeah, that makes sense. an outfielder's head. That makes sense. Because your outfielder didn't play it if, right. Yeah, if you had played Vandy, that wouldn't have happened. Mm. <laughs> you guys didn't see how high this ball bounced off. It was, no, we didn't. I've seen balls bounce off turf, though. Yeah, sure have. How do you feel about it, John? I'm saying, if it, either way, if it's you're, you're kind of against grass, it because you're a naturalist. I would say yes. I'm coming around on it just because yeah. now that we're playing tournament ball and for travel ball and yeah. all this stuff for literally. Yeah. I mean, like when I coached at McKay Park and they did some, they used to be an all dirt infield and they wanted to transform it into grass, which they have done. And it looks fine. But I was in the camp that was advocating for just go ahead and make it a turf infield. I know it's going to cost more up front. But you'll save money in the long run, and you can eliminate the rainouts, and just right. just from a maintenance perspective. And uh, I, mean, I mean, you've seen some of these little league fields; they, they can't yeah. even draw the baselines remotely right. straight. Just right. get them sewn in there, and you're all good. Yeah. So for for youth level, I can see it, but for I don't know for major league baseball, just doesn't seem right. Yeah. Central Arkansas had a turf infield with a grass outfield that was awful yeah, yeah i would i don't like understand that. that no i, I mean i like get that. it but well, dude it's, it's, it's central arkansas and their pockets aren't quite as deep as you know they have Auburn. a sweet they have a sweet football field it's purple and gray <laughs> was this coastal carolina what do we got yeah i know it's it's, it's kind of wild so yeah so yes on turf for me i'll say yes on turf i think it's eliminates a lot of problems. sounds like we have two and a half yeses for yeah for playability i'd say natural okay i got you Go ahead and spin us into the Zach attack. What do you have for us this week? I'm going to kick it over to Ryan. Okay, we're going out of order here. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan, what are you crying about? I had had mine, and then I got into the questions, and I forgot it. Aside from the fever you were fighting yesterday, our condolences. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. What are we crying about this week? Um, Two of them. Zach's face, because I'm going to punch it after this. (laughs) Can't wait. Um, Hopefully it's hard. My second one. Shout out D2 Ball. Is uh, my fantasy baseball team. Okay. I'm trying. I tried this past week. <laughs> I'm trying. Dude, I think I have like 44. I've, I've gone down let me pull maybe see, let me see. 14 points since Show the start. Show me the standings. Hey, you got I'm a two-run bomb from Pete Alonso yeah, today. I, did, I just got that notification. I keep very nice. what, is the sta- what are the standings? Where's your boy at? Brit, Let's Sam see. does not even have the app, and he is in sixth place. Nice. I, I, I was just three in and fourth half, the other I day. I dropped three and a half points in two hours. Ryan, you'd be happy to know you bounced up to seventh place. Did I? Dude, my mm-hmm. team is tanking. Good for me. You're up two spots. I was I was sitting in last for the past two days, and it's not going well. I told you coming out of the draft that Kiambu had a really good okay. team. And Kiambu is way out And I think what's good. boosting him is I saw the stolen bases. His yeah, stolen bases seven. are far more yeah, than anybody else. Just wait till Altuve's back. Y'all are in trouble. <laughs> I hate Altuve. <laughs> you made that Sam's abundantly gonna, clear. <laughs> Sam's going to coast to a top five. So, uh, yeah. yeah I, I'm not chalking it up yet because we are going to try. It also is we good to take see, a look at our team. It is good to see John's team is not Trash. excelling very Trash. He I'm, got off to a slow start. Slow start. That's all. John's I still team feel has fine. five holds, whereas nobody else besides Dan. 
has two holds. Because I know how to run a bullpen. Yeah. I guess you I'm do. I'm trying to, and I'm in eighth place somehow. With yeah, Ryan's got MJ Melendez off to a really slow start. Jonathan India, India, sorry, who's not even an everyday player at this point. Yeah. I just um, put him in for yesterday. I mean, Ian Happ, yeah. Also, he's playing well. He's pretty much well. my whole lineup is hitting 350 at least. And somehow, that's what I'm saying. somehow it hits, hits an average. It's not, you, a, it's not a stat this year. I, yeah, I don't. We're doing runs? Yeah. It's just that, odd to that'd me. That would have been cool to know. I'm Like, my players are going two for four. I created and a I'm league a kidding. month ago. You're allowed to look at the rules ahead of time. <sighs> I, think I figured Aaron Nola was pretty for you today. Six innings, two Ernie's. Not going to get the win, though. Nope. Yeah. Not like what I'm saying. Yeah. Not like what I'm saying. My bullpen is, I mean, Finnegan. You have a bullpen? What do we got, Sammy? Yeah, I saw, I saw that about? bomb he gave up last night. What do we got? I just happened to walk past the Dude, TV, and it was like, oh, I need, Finnegan. I need a holder. You got to save. save the other night. Yeah, wait, well, I <laughs> Sammy, I need more. The Nas- I need him to come <laughs> He's out. He's going to close the 20 games the Nationals win. <laughs> yeah, I what, know. Do you, what do you want from him? <laughs> yeah. They suck. I know. They do suck. They are not good. I bet some, tri- thing some that AAA I, teams my, could beat teams like them in the Royals. My thought process behind him was they're always going to be close. So he'll always get save opportunities here's when they're the, here's winning. The, here's by. the thing: I picked that him is up. not the way to think. I, about p- it. I picked him up last year, and this is this is how he's been the whole time. It's yeah, like I the know. open the season. He's, he was the same way in the minor leagues. He never, gotta, oh yeah. He's gonna finish with a three three ERA. He's gonna throw seventy innings. He's yeah. gonna have eighty punch outs. He's I gonna have look probably in, fourteen saves. Yeah, I gotta look into relievers. So we're a week RG's already soured on his own fantasy team. No, right? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just it's not going well, it's, and I'm trying. Attend the draft next year. The three new guys are on the top four right now. Which is kind of wild. What did you say? Three of the, or three of the new guys are in the top four. Yeah, they'll fall. That's I mean, probably sustainable all season long. Yeah, true. Yeah, Zach attack. What do you have for us? All right. Uh, I know we kind of brushed past it, but we were talking about this earlier. Anthony Rendon. What are we doing? I, I don't. Not a good look. I, you you can't do that. No, I'm not. It's stupid. It's Zach. stupid. <laughs> I, I know Sam's like, oh yeah, you should be able to fight anybody. That's not at all. And, that's not at all but, what I said. What I said was, is if a fan was yelling at you from point blank range after you just blew a game versus the A's, Zach, you would do the same thing. You cleated. I mean, dude, you cleated nineteen not, year olds. It's not Ron Artest <laughs> jumping into the stands. No. Like this is him just being like, oh, you called me. Yeah, I get. I get like yelling at at somebody, but why, why would you put your hands on? He him? didn't even hit him. I well, not say sure. well, half the reason this is even impossible is because there's 5,500 people at the ballpark, and it's a lot easier to locate Man, there was one walk, specific yeah, guy. There, there was a lot of people at that Oakland series. Majority there, there were, Angel yeah. fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of people. Yes. No, I thought it was the stupidest suspension. It's so it's dumb that he did it, but I'm not. Once I'm not blaming him for doing I th- it. I think I, the suspension was pretty severe. But again, I don't think he should have been baseball has to send a message there. I don't think he should have been suspended at all. Maybe a fine. Maybe a fine. Maybe a fine. You can't find a guy with a $250 million contract. It just means nothing. Yeah, but we're talking five games for that. Yeah, that was that was excessive. I think that's MLB's flexing saying nobody else do this. I think they had to be intentionally harsh. So but here's the thing. What if you give them five games, what goes in to be like, oh no, it'll just be four? Like what, what they, I don't the, understand the way the, that works the, is that if, if they would have stuck with five games, he would have appealed. And then you have to go through that process. Uh, I think Major League Baseball approached him and says, we'll knock it down to four, but you have to start it tomorrow. No appeal. And he said yes. Okay. That, that's the way that negotiation works. on his couch drinking a Modelo and just enjoying 
Right. His money. That but it's he, also doesn't, like he doesn't get paid for those four games. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's put let's it in perspective like this. Zach, you're behind the front desk. Okay. <laughs> uh, a parent that you're not fond of comes in and just starts MF and you talking trash to you and you're not allowed to kick him out of the building. What do you think eventually happens? You just sit there and take it? No, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be the first time that's happened. So. Yeah, and you want to and you want to fight those people. I do exactly. Absolutely. But so do I? No, <laughs> that's because customers. Okay, say say you can't get fired for <laughs> doing you're it. A professional, Zach. Zach say say you won't get, get fired for fight. Say you won't get fired for grabbing a parent by the shirt. Pete Alonzo hit another home Parenthetically, run. Parenthetically, <laughs> we love our customers. We love our customers. I'm just parenthetically. Pete Alonzo hit saying, another home run. You're a professional athlete. I get you haven't played in a two years but like that's not the only time that this, something like this has happened it's just the only it's, time it was on camera that's what i'm saying it's the only man. time it was on camera there's been so many people that that has happened it, it to. is weird Dude, yeah. it is really it is really i can only weird. imagine what's said in the bullpen I can't, yeah you can't probably grab the guy that's but that's what i'm saying like you everybody gets heckled like no it's <laughs> There are so many times. Have where you seen all those videos of, LeBron, of people talking uh, crap to LeBron? I, I, what does he do? Nothing. Completely different person. Also, why do they have oh. to walk so close to the fans? Yeah, yeah is that that's just that's how you get in. That's really? just yeah. because it's a football stadium. The clubhouses aren't in the dugout. They're through the behind home. Why, plate. why couldn't he just football walk by like Otani did? Because Otani didn't understand anything the guy said. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. Okay. I want to. I want to talk about the flip and side of this. Nobody's saying I, I'm anything not to Trout. I'm not condoning what Anthony Rentone did. However, this is one of the things about today's sports fan that drives me crazy. The idea of I'm going to buy a ticket, I'm going to drink until I fall over, and I can say and do whatever I want. I do not agree with that, and it drives me crazy. I remember going to a Chicago White Sox game twenty some years ago. Uh, when uh, Ichiro was fresh on the scene. He was like, he just busted out a year or two earlier. And we were in the right field seats because they've got that patio area that's real popular. And there were a couple of DBs, let's just put it that way, um, who were at the ballpark drinking their faces off. Defensive back. And they had, they had cheat sheets with them. They had insults <laughs> in Japanese that they had translated. No way. So they could yell at him from right field nice. in Japanese. That is every SEC ballpark. I don't disagree with you, but as just being a fan of sports and seeing things like that, it drives me insane that somehow people believe I bought a ticket, I can do whatever the hell I want. Right. But hey, I agree. Rendon, if I you're going to do something, get just, your money's worth. Just And also, once again, just because this guy's making $250 million or whatever doesn't mean that he's still from a bad area. Sure That's he is. still how he was raised. Yeah. It's like Trout. Trout's a different guy. Sometimes yeah. you can talk trash to the nice guy. Rendon's clearly not a nice person. No. No one he, has he, ever he said it. Rice, though. That doesn't mean he's just good I mean, at baseball. What a, does that have to do with anything? He's just I mean, good I at would, baseball. What, he's what's in the, the, guy, he's the, in, the coach down there? He's in the big leagues. Aaron Hernandez played for the Patriots and played at Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different sport. With Urban Meyer. Not to, good guy. Not, <laughs> Jack. Go get me started on Urban Meyer. So Good That's time good. for the Red Bulls report. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, like, I, I'm just saying that it's something very, you're very fine. minimal. Like you just try to remain cool, cool, calm, and collected, which is understandable. Or, As it's saying, an understandable or get your take. I think like that's why it's been such a hot topic. Is people are arguing both sides of it. But yeah, but there's, uh, there's also a lot of stuff that goes into it. What we don't know anything about Rendon's day. We, what if he got divorced? <laughs> well, oh, he had what a bad, if, he had what a if bad he, day. Yeah. The what if, what he had a bad Tom yeah, Brady. You know, you have a bad didn't get divorced. Didn't get. No one of, says uh, anything bad to Tom Brady. And if they do, guess what, Zach, they are 180 feet away from him. He can't hear them. 
they're not right beside they are his right head. Right beside him behind the bench. No, have have not. you ever been no, to a not. football game, it's, Zach? They are. If if you're on the if you're on the sidelines, when, of a football how many game, videos do we four, see of cornerbacks talking to fans right when behind Tom them? Brady oh is gosh. on the bench flipping through his Microsoft Surface at the previous series? Plug. He can't hear anybody. We're not sponsored by Microsoft Surface. <laughs> I just know that the NFL is, but no, those fans are still way away from him, and he can't hear a thing. Yeah, yeah, and also uh, when Tom Brady was going through all that, you know what he did? He stayed at home. He didn't have a chance for a fan to say anything to him. And I'm sure he did get roasted on the internet. Yeah. Okay. It's easy. Mark Wahlberg and Ted went to his house. Last <laughs> well, time. In summation, Anthony Rendon, you cannot do that. But if you want to. And fan, <laughs> come on. Fan be better. This is yeah. one of the reasons it's why. A, it's the fan's fault. When I, when it's I for t- sure the fan's fault. When I take my kids to sporting it is events. It's the Coliseum's fault. When it's I take my kids to sporting yeah, events, I always, always, always splurge for the best seats I can because you lower the possibilities of sitting next to a guy like that. Right. Ice cream's here. Fans yeah. are disgusting. Every week. Ice cream's here. And every week, nobody buys anything, <laughs> but he'll be back next week. Why? He needs so, to come at 6 p.m. All right, Redbirds report. <laughs> Why he doesn't it. come at 6 p.m., exactly. Redbirds report. Here we go. Second week of our Redbirds <sighs> report. Well, Sammy, hit for us. Guys, we snuck out our first dub. We did. First one of the year. Let's, first dub. First, let's, let's we talk weather. We crushed the Crusaders. Let's talk weather. Okay, let's talk yeah, about the we conditions. Won, we, won, we won when it was 37 degrees mm-hmm. and about 30 miles an hour of wind. Yeah. Really tough. The kids persevered, though. Um, they've clearly never played when it's windy before. They have not. Um, so, you know, those routine pop-ups that are hit, they've never seen a ball get caught in the wind. I'd say it's safe to say that there were, it was more than 30, at least it in was that first re- game. I don't know. It was really, it dude. Was, it, it was really blowing. It, it was, was yeah. really It was really, it was windy. really cold and really windy between games. And once the game got going, I didn't mind the cold. I mean, I'm out there in a BP top and, and shorts. But once the game was going, it was fine. But in between, that was a long, long cold wait. Um, pitching was, as a whole, really good from pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. De- defense was 2 out of 10. So pitching was about an 8. Defense was weak. Offense... Uh, probably got to get these kids into realizing they need to do a job <laughs> rather than hit home runs Moving because the ball. none of these kids are hitting the ball out of the park no they're not um so i we probably had about four times the runner on third no outs and no runs you're gonna have to manufacture Oof. runs yeah 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 just put it in play right. not in the air right so um, no bunts though no did not drop any bunts gus, no. gus tried he did try gus tried didn't pull it back pitch was nowhere close and it was a strike no it was not <laughs> Um, how many runs did you guys score in that um, game you won? Uh, like thirteen or fourteen in two innings. I think we won thirteen to like eight. eight. It's a good and, offensive uh, day. Yeah, we yeah. scored two in the first, eleven in the second, and because of the weather delay, it was an hour and ten time limit for the game instead of an hour thirty. That's so crazy. Two innings, we were out of there with the W. Our bad. <laughs> Teddy came in, shut the door. Love it. Shout out Teddy Bomb. Looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was an overall better tournament than the it, first. It, it was, seems it was, like these kids it are, was. It just really hurts that, like, this isn't rec ball and the more kids are hitting the ball to the outfield. Right. And our infield is fine. Right, right. Infield right. is fine. We like need they, to think about substituting some yeah, infield we're, we're defense. Yeah, we're going to have to sacrifice a good infielder to play outfield. Is it catching the ball or is it getting no, the ball in and throwing they don't it to even, the base? They're not even close to getting the glove on it. No. Okay. Tim Anderson ejected for pitch clock violation. Oh, ejected. Really? Rung up and thrown out. Beautiful. Um, good stuff. As good a whole, update. it was significantly better, which was good. 
Um, I think the kids are adjusting quickly. They are. Yeah, which with is the new say. rules, they're, like how to pick offs and holds and all that go. <laughs> so they they know that like as soon as they get on, they can steal. But some of them, not mentioning any names, uh, will <laughs> steal with a runner on base in front of them. Yeah, <laughs> we heard that. Like, what? And it worked um, out. Yeah, the kid. Are you serious? Yeah, so he stole that's, third. That's catcher yeah. caught it. And it was then, it was second and third, and uh, poor Clark tried to steal third base. Guess we will say a name. We're names. We're, we're, we're names. Oh, we love you, Clark. It's okay. We're all learning here. He stole from second. St- he to stole third. from second to third for a, for a microsecond. We had two kids standing on third base. Love it. Catcher Everyone's threw out. it to second. <laughs> what? They they well, threw- Clark. I had started yelling for him to go back, so he started going back. Then they threw it to second oh. over his head. Nice. Yes. And I sent him home. Hey. So I run it from third mm-hmm. score. Just we, we can turn that into a play. Yeah. Yeah. We can yeah. turn that into a play. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of worked. I'm, I've, I've told every kid so far it, that's semi fast. And because like every catcher catches the ball and they like stare down of the course. guy at third and then <laughs> they like start walking towards him with the yeah. ball. And I'm like, hey, if he throws that ball to third, you go home. Yeah. Because there's no way they're just going to catch no, it and fire it back. There's no way that that transition happens. Right. If it does, good for them. Yeah, I don't yeah. see it happening. Yeah. But um, cool. Oh, it, I mean, it, learning and learning and learning. And yeah. Then it we're, seems, getting, we're getting there. It seems so, like uh, it. Catching did a lot better. Love yeah, Cor- Dude, Corbin's, Corbin's awesome. Corbin's, Corbin's, Corbin's my, that's my guy. Corbin is Corbin very good. Sick. You, you can Pass make a case that. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. yeah the, awesome. the game we won last weekend, Corbin was our MVP. Good job, Brian. I mean, yeah, he, I mean a, he not one ball not got one ball. Not one and ball. he had to block about 30. That he is did. awesome. I heard not the, one can, ball the got cannon's pretty good just not being caught at second base. Yeah, he, he yeah. probably threw out three or four guys on Sunday. He should have thrown out multiple at third base along. We couldn't just confidently catch and tag. Okay. But he's putting it on there. Cool. Kick and play. Yeah, he's love he's it. Got so things are looking up. Yeah, yeah. They are. We're, we're it seems that way. They are. Our, our our lineup needs to be a bat or two deeper. Our rotation needs to be an arm or two. We longer. have this. Yeah, that's yeah. our issue. Is we have starting pitching wise one and a half good starters. Yeah, we've got a solid catcher. Yeah. As right now, we got a really good closer. Related Shout to me, out, believe it or not. Red. Related yeah. to me. That a boy, Conrad. Finally, proud th- of you, th- Red. Finally, throwing the ball, which is nice. Firing it. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, and you also have, have a short 11, 11 players on the roster yes. and nine most of the time show up yes. right for the game, which yeah. makes it right? difficult, which, which t- is tough. Yeah. It's we've tough. played, we've played half of our games with nine kits. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's tough. Cool. Yeah, so go yeah. Redbirds. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. You're okay. Take a week t- off. Take a week off. Yeah. Uh, we'll enjoy our Easter weekend. And then the following weekend after that, back at another it. tournament, back at it. Love Let's it. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. go birds. Well go done. Birds. Go birds. And that will do it for the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings. Thank you to Zach Schreitenthal. Let's go, Yanks. Dude. Ride or die, baby. Thank you to a fighting through illness, Ryan Gaynor. Love you guys. You don't look up. Go, go lie down. Please, go lie down. Yeah, don't feel great. Love you guys, though. <laughs> and Sam Bragg. Solar socks on top. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you to our sponsors, Tanner Tees and Pro9 Sports. Very special thank you to Hunter Bledsoe. That was a great conversation. Thank you to our music man, Philip Kramer, and thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the show. You can follow us across all platforms on social media at DBAT Nashville.